0: Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. We've got a special guest with us today, David Baker. He has many years of Chief Information Security Officer experience. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. So I'd like to start off, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your career path, and other interesting items on your whole path on what you do as a CISO.
1: Sure. Well, I've been at this for, not just CISO, but I've been at this uh, IT and information and cybersecurity world for a little over 25 years uh, now. Uh, kind of started out just doing IT work for uh, actually going to city halls and utility companies all around Tennessee and Kentucky, believe it or not. Uh, installing old Unix servers and uh, crimping ends of cables uh, for serial cable and ethernet cables but anyway that kind of moved on to working in various businesses and uh one day I had a business client that I did break fix work for it was a bank who asked me if I would be interested in coming on and being their first IT person so I decided to do that and uh that 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 got me into the banking world and yeah, I mean, it just kind of got me into the banking world, and I, I, oddly enough, I think I'm going to say this, and it's just weird to, to say, but fell in love with the banking world and I, banking IT, and 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 everything that goes along with that. So that was in 2004, and then have uh, pretty well just kind of stayed here. Work, been through some mergers and acquisitions and things like that, and uh, find myself today. Uh, on a new adventure, a little over a month now, uh, working with Civis Bank. And um, it's, it's kind of, it's a really different approach to uh, technology and risk taking, if you will, from what I'm used to in a many years of traditional community banking. Uh, and it's not that we're just trying to take crazy risks or anything, it's just that we're willing to try some new things, understand the risks associated with those And um, and then and try some new some new things. It's it's kind of a blend of community traditional community banking, and uh, fintech partnerships and digital banking and so forth. It's it's just really exciting stuff.
0: Well, that's that's interesting. And and I know um, since I also uh, was a CISO in the banking world for for about five five and a half years, um, that's actually I believe how we first connected uh, through some of our. professional partnerships. I don't remember if it was FSISAC or Tennessee Bankers Association, but um, I, you're you're active in, in a lot of external um, security uh, professional groups like that as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I'm a FSISAC member. I guess the, the bank technically
1: is. Uh, InfraGard, uh, I've got my CISSP, so I do a little bit with ISC Squared. Uh, recently got my CISA certification, so Some other stuff, Um, but I like to be, I like to be very involved in the community, if you will, Uh, because you know there. I do a lot of things. I've been doing this for a while. I know I know a lot of things. That sounds weird to say out loud, Uh, but I absolutely don't know everything, and uh, without question, and I'm sure it's this way in a lot of industries, um, but without question. I rely heavily on a network of peers and uh, who do this and can shout out emails quickly that says, hey, have you heard about this threat or that thing that's happening or whatever. And it's just I rely very heavily on that network of contacts and peers um, because there's some new solution out there I may want to try or some challenge we run into or some risk or threat or whatever and it's great to be able to lean on those. So try to stay as involved and, and connected as possible.
0: Well, and uh, information security, uh, I know from experience as well, too, can be um, both rewarding, but, but it can also be um, a, a stressful environment. And, and I yeah. know that it takes, in some ways, a special type of motivation to, to be in this field and be successful as you've been in this field. So uh, what's, what are your motivators to do what you do?
1: Oh, uh, good question. Um, I don't know what this is going to sound like. I, I, I guess it, I feel, it feels somewhat like a calling. Um, I actually started out in college. I was going to do, oddly enough, I was going to do banking, finance, and accounting. And uh, I discovered very quickly that was not going to be my thing. Uh, Didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that wasn't going to be it. And so I kind of made a shift. It was very limited availability at that university in the computer field. This was in the mid-90s. But, you know, as fate would have it, and I believe God put me down a path, and I got into doing IT. You know, in computers. I mean, because I don't know if we know we called it IT at the time, and it is just, it is absolutely the field that I was meant to be in mm-hmm. because I truly love doing this. I get excited about doing the job. Uh, a little more specifically in what I do is I've got experience now building multiple information security programs, cybersecurity programs, IT programs from scratch. Um, and then sometimes, you know, just modifying and maturing programs. But I love doing this. It is just, it's a lot of fun. Now, you mentioned that it's stressful, it, you know, can be stressful, and that is very, very true. Wow. So I like to break away from, from the stress i like to take you know escapes if you will uh from it from time to time because even though you love it anything you love and you do a whole lot eventually you kind of need to take a break so it it somewhat feels like this is my work but it's also my hobby Mm -hmm. and uh that's that can be a slippery slope sometimes so i do try to break away a little bit
0: well, you know, sometimes what they, they say that if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I can certainly certainly relate uh, to that. But, uh, yep. you know, but some days, um, particularly um, with uh, working with smaller businesses and smaller banks in some cases and all of that, they have like some unique uh, threats. I, I, I like to always ask about uh, what do you think is a significant threat today to small and mid-sized businesses? But um, we are recording this on February 25th, of 2022, and obviously the big threat that's going on right now is to the uh, uh, is involving the Russia Ukraine issue yes. that's going on. We don't know how that, that's going to play out. But uh, um, I would ask, what what would you think would be one of the uh, largest threats today? Um, maybe re- related to that um, that particular conflict. I know that there's been uh, discussions about sure. possibly shutting down the uh, this Swift um, access for for Russia which is basically uh, the layman's the way to describe that is that that's how money moves it used to be back in the day like we would wire with Western Union all that sort of stuff but now this allows banks to talk to each other but um, what do you, what what's your thought on the threat environment to small businesses and particularly to, uh, in your field in the banking field today yeah absolutely wonderful question
1: um, I feel like this is a like a, like a broken record type answer mm-hmm. uh, for the last 15, 20 years. I don't know. I, it's kind of hard to even think back to how long I've been dealing with some of the same kind of primary things or top things. And, you know, there's business email compromise. There's ransomware. There are phishing emails. Um,
0: you know, just uh, those are credential theft attacks Oh, you froze. Uh, Oh, there you are. Okay, we got you. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Credential spread attacks.
1: Yeah, those those things have been around for a very long time. It's not new, uh, but it continues to be something that we just, if it's working for the bad guys, they're going to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that continues to be something that Regardless of the size of the organization, they have to deal with this, whether it's the small organization or the large multinational organization. It doesn't matter. They're still dealing with it uh, to be a little bit more uh, today, you know, as you talked about with the, uh, you know, the whole Russian Ukraine thing. Uh, that kind of drives home. In my mind, something popped up with that is third party risk management. And where I'm going with that is if you have, uh, I mean, it's a big deal. We need to know who our third parties are, the fourth parties are, what access they have to our customer information and that, and what access they have is generally one of the most common questions you're asking when you think about third and fourth parties. But I would say right now on top of mind is the impact of those companies and more specifically, if they're if they are tied to a country that gets invaded by another country, are they able to continue their operations? And it, you know, uh, to be even more specific, I know that in the software development world, uh, contracting out developers is a pretty common thing. And in a lot of cases, those developers there are big developer communities that are in Ukraine and Belarus and various other places outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. So if you're an organization who needs to do development and you don't hire developers, but you contract them out and they ha- those developers happen to be in a country that gets attacked by a neighboring country, can those developers still perform the jobs that you've contracted Contracted them? So, I mean, that doesn't impact everyone. It's not as general or you know, widespread. spread is business email compromise and phishing emails and ransomware, things like that. But it is definitely top of mind given the last 24 to 48 hours.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I, and I appreciate that as a, as a good summary of the threat environment and some specifics with regards to what's, what the crisis is. But now you have the flip side. Uh, every business has, in some ways, the same the same. They have to deal with the same global threat environment, for example. But small businesses, mid-sized businesses, but particularly small businesses, uh, typically don't have the resources to be able to counter that. And that creates some unique challenges for those types of businesses. What is a, What do you see as a significant challenge for them there? And, and any ideas on on for that challenge on ways to mitigate it? Like you mentioned vendor management, for example, that might be one, sure. you know well through.
1: strategic strategic partnerships
0: like managed it
1: services working having a good relationship with those types of companies who have more financial resources or staffing resources because more directly you mentioned the word resources and in my mind things that pop up right away are staffing resources and money being able to not having enough people in IT skill sets to do the various jobs that the small business still needs, but they don't typically have those staffing resources or they're smaller. So they don't have the the budget to spend money on all of the uh, necessary tools in a lot of cases that the larger companies can, but the cyber threats are the exact same for the small company that they are for the big company. So they still need those tools. So they, you know, you can counter that by doing managed services with managed IT, managed security, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But another, just a very, this is kind of just a pretty small nugget I thought about them when I was thinking about this question, is supply chain risk that exists can impact a smaller organization much more than it can a large organization in some respects. I'm sure large companies can Feel the squeeze on that too, but you know, if you've got uh, a small network, you pr- there's a good chance you probably didn't buy a bunch of extra switches to sit on the shelf,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right? So, typically, just in time inventory, you're going to call up CDW or Insight, and I'm not putting the plug for any one of those <laughs> or micro or anything like that, but you call up one of these places because they've got lots of inventory historically. And you say, I need this replacement switch because my switch is on on the fritz. Well, I don't know if you've tried, but reach out and try to order a switch today that meets the the standards that you may have set for your environment. And your pickings are uh, pretty slim right now on what you have available to you. So you might get yourself in a bind where you, you may be months away from being able to get what you have as a standard for your network switch. Mm-hmm. You may have to run down to, you know, again, not a plug, but you may have to run down to Best Buy or something and just get whatever can get you by, and that's that's not a situation you want to be
0: in. Yeah, and and actually, uh, it, it's not as if we hadn't seen this before because when COVID started, uh, it was almost impossible to find uh, web cameras and folks were trying to get licenses to yeah. expand their VPN access and all that. All happened all at once because uh, the people didn't plan ahead. To the possibility of there being something of that wide scale, you, a lot of times when people think about um, items that will affect their supply chain, they're thinking about things that are just local to them. So, to your point, it's like, well, you know, if we got to buy a couple of switches, we'll just go to CDW. But if everybody's going down there, even if there wasn't an external supply chain issue, well, then you have that that problem. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you've uh, you've you, um, we talked about this a little bit before about the stress of the environment and certainly I, I feel a little more stressful now <laughs> having talked with you. <laughs> but uh uh what is what is you said that you like to get away. Um but what is something that you that you like to do when you get away from security? Do you travel? Do you have a hobby? Sure. Um, spend time with family all of the above? Yeah
1: uh so yeah all of the above <laughs> but uh, we've got a camper and so family camping trips with the camper is is a great one you know just spending time with the family but and it could be around here at the house but you know going to the campgrounds visiting the state parks and things You're like put, that, you put that you put a tent out in the backyard yeah well <laughs> so that's the other part of this i i love i love backpacking mm-hmm. i don't really get to do it near as much i'm more i more get to do maybe some day hikes or maybe one nighters over the weekend i'm a weekend warrior kind of thing but what I really, really love and daydream about, and I can just kind of get lost in thinking about it, even if I don't get to go do it, is uh, long distance backpacking. And more specifically, I want to, on my bucket list is to through hike the Appalachian Trail. Uh, So, you know, we're talking close to 2,200 miles and months worth of uh, being out there and spending a lot of money uh, to live like a homeless person almost. Uh, But... uh, you know, I I love there's just some I have discovered there's something about putting everything that I need to survive in a pack on my back and then heading and trying to get some distance, uh, you know, setting, you know, get to a destination, set up camp, enjoy some people that I've met along the trail, hanging out with them, you know, that I'll probably never see again in my life, talking to them, whatever you spend the night there you pack up the next morning and you head off to another destination and uh usually or in a lot of cases you don't have cell coverage so kind of forces you to be disconnected from your day-to-day world yes uh so and it's just i don't know if it's just something raw about it if it's something just in you know nature you know being in nature but just i don't know exactly what it is that draws me to it. I was not ever into this until just a few years ago, a group of guys from our church we decided to do a trip, do a week long trip on the Appalachian Trail. First time I'd ever gone backpacking. And I just absolutely fell in love
0: with it. It like wow. got it in
1: my blood. So
0: well if you're gonna jump in, that's the way to jump in, you know, and uh, yeah. start off with a week on the Appalachian Trail. I mean I would love to do that myself as well. Yeah. Well um do you have any final words of wisdom to either CISOs out there, or virtual CISOs or small mid-sized businesses or or anything or all of the above? Final words of wisdom. Yeah uh,
1: Well, I guess one of the uh, one of the things I like to talk about is building a recovery strategy, not a backup strategy. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. <clears throat> uh make sure that when you do you, you know everybody wants to do backups and they say do backups but just make sure you can actually restore from those backups um but just in general i guess bigger picture words of wisdom <clears throat> is that you you can't implement every single control you need all at the same time so don't try okay it is as boring as it sounds do a risk assessment okay, identify the things that are important to your business, to your environment, your structure, whatever it is. Find the things that if I implement this one control, that it's going to be the biggest impact, you know, bang for my buck, so to speak. Uh, You know, improved email security or, you know, whatever it is, the environment's going to be different. So I can't tell you what you need to do, but you do the risk assessment. You find out what your biggest weakness is. You find that one thing that can make the largest and most significant impact in reducing your security exposure, your, mm-hmm. your insecurities. <laughs> and then, then you move on to the next thing, and you tackle that. And then you move on to the next thing, and you tackle that. Sure, we try to multitask. We can't technically really do that all that well. But just don't try to do everything all at once because you get overwhelmed. And then you don't do anything great, right? So take a step back, take a breath, pick the thing that's you know highly critical, most impactful control that you can put in place for
0: it, and then move on to something else. So that will well, be, that, that that, be. That's awesome. That's great advice. Well, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today, and uh, I'm sure everybody else will. So, thank you for joining us, and uh, for everybody else, stay secure.